Welcome in to another episode of the Grateful Gator Podcast. My name is Kevin Stegan. That song you're listening to now is called Haint Blue by a band called Seminole Strut. Check them out on Spotify, and while you're there, search the Grateful Gator Podcast and follow us to get every podcast as soon as it drops. You can also find the podcast on Anchor, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and now even Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, rate and review us, and share it with your friends. This week, we're going to talk about the NFL Divisional Round Games, the upcoming NFC and AFC Championship games, the Eagles' possible quarterback controversy, Kyler Murray's decision to enter the NFL draft, I rant about the Cowboys, and I might share a story or two that may or may not include me want shaving off my eyebrows. Let's dive right in. The divisional round of the playoffs did not provide much drama, as we saw three of the four games were decided pretty early on. First game, the Chiefs beat the Colts 31-13. Patrick Mahomes played really well for his very first playoff game. Travis Kelsey seemed to be open across the field on most every play. The Chiefs dominated both lines of scrimmage. Uh, the Colts didn't even manage a first down on offense until about a minute left in the first half. Just an ugly game all around for them. Uh, they were not able to run the ball because they got behind uh, so early in the game with their defense really struggling. Andrew Luck was not protected all game. He fumbled. Uh, was not very accurate. Just a rough day all around. Even future Hall of Fame kicker Adam Vinatieri missed a 25-yard field goal at the end of the first half, missed an extra point later in the game, really didn't matter. Just a rough day all around for the Colts. The primetime game on Saturday night, the Rams, they ran all over the Cowboys, ended up winning that game 30-22. to Both Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson ran for over 100 yards. Jared Goff did exactly what he needed to do to win, didn't turn the ball over, efficient with the football. The Cowboys' front seven were pushed around all night. The Rams really did to the Cowboys what the Cowboys looked to do to their opponents. They want to run the ball, dominate time of possession, keep the football, not turn the ball over, eventually break your will. Uh, the Cowboys, since 2016, had only lost two games when Dak Prescott did not turn the football over. He really didn't play that poorly. Uh, he did miss a couple easy throws that I, I think most NFL quarterbacks should make. Scott Linehan's offensive play calling is atrocious. Dak only ran the ball two times for three yards. Uh, in games like that where Zeke is not uh, as effective as he normally is, I think you have to take advantage of uh, Dak's mobility, his ability to move the pocket, his ability to scramble, to move. Uh, really just did not make much sense. Uh, in the long run, the Rams are the much better team. The Cowboys were lucky to even make the playoffs. Uh, I think the better team moved on. Just an interesting note from those two games, both Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes uh, both got their first playoff victory. Uh, neither had a t- uh, passing touchdown in either game. Uh, kind of interesting when you've got two high-powered offenses like that. You typically think of them throwing the ball, airing it out. Uh, like I said, their run game really took advantage of, uh, of their opponents. On to the Sunday games. The Patriots dominated the Chargers 41-28. Tom Brady gives the big middle finger to both Father Time and all of the people picking against him. The Chargers seem to be content to just drop back in the zone defense. Didn't get any pressure on Tom Brady. Uh, We've seen what happens with that. He will pick you apart and dominate you. He scored 38 points in the first half. Melvin Gordon uh, and that Chargers offense could not get going. 
They got pressure on Phillip Rivers, what seemed like every time he dropped back, they were either touching him, pushing him, hitting him. I'm sorry, Mr. Brady, we should not have doubted you. And the final game of the weekend, really the only real contest of the weekend, was the Eagles at the Saints. Uh, and early on, it looked like Foles' magic was going to continue. The Eagles jumped ahead 14-0. to Drew Brees has a horrible start, throws an interception on the very first play of the game. The Saints did settle down. Uh, they did not allow the Eagles to score for the last 49 minutes of the game. They end up scoring 20 unanswered points. They win 20-14. to This game seemed to turn on a fake punt by the Saints. Uh, They were on their own 35-yard line. Taysom Hill gets the fake punt, runs a yard. Uh, Michael Thomas had an incredible game. He had 12 catches, 171 yards, and a touchdown. Seven of those passes uh, ended up resulting in first downs, so meaningful catches for uh, Michael Thomas. Marshawn Lattimore atones for his blunder last year in the Minnesota Saints game where he misses the tackle on Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs scores the touchdown with no time left. Vikings end up moving on to the NFC Championship game. Marshawn Lattimore has two huge interceptions. Uh, The second one uh, deflecting off Eagles receiver Alshon Jeffrey's hands. That secured the win for the Saints. Uh, It's interesting that you look at all these newfangled offenses, uh, all these new schemes, every team looking for their new Sean McVay. Uh, If you really look at the four games this weekend, it really came down to who could push the other person off the line of scrimmage. Uh, The running of the ball is still paramount. Uh, If you look at the discrepancies in the rushing yardage between all four games, um, the Chiefs outran the Colts 180 to 87. The Rams had 273 yards on the ground compared to the Cowboys' 50. The Patriots rushed for 155 yards to just 19 for the uh, for the Chargers, and the Saints rushed for 137 yards compared to just 49 for the Eagles. Uh, it seems like if you want to win playoff games, you still need to dominate the line of scrimmage and rush the ball effectively, uh, and that was proven this weekend. Moving right along to the NFC Championship game, where the Rams will be going to the Superdome in New Orleans to play the Saints. This game will be on Fox at 3.05 Eastern on Sunday. The Saints are currently three-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, The Rams played New Orleans in Week 9. The Saints won that game 45-35. to Both teams are a little bit different from that game. Uh, Some key injuries. The Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup was lost for the season earlier this year. Uh, And Saints lost defensive tackle Sheldon Rankins uh, last week against the Eagles uh, due to a torn Achilles. Uh, I don't think there will be much defense played in this game. I think there will be a lot of scoring. Uh, I do I trust Drew Brees a little bit more at home. I think they worked through some rust last week, uh, and I think they'll be ready to roll come game time. I think Todd Gurley still has a big game, uh, but I think the Saints make one more play than the Rams. Uh, I have the Saints moving on to the Super Bowl 37-34. The AFC Championship, uh, that will kick off directly after that game on CBS at 6.40 Eastern time. Uh, the New England Patriots will head to Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. The Chiefs Uh, have currently opened up as three-point favorites. Uh, The Chiefs and Patriots played at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough in Week 6. Patriots won that game 43-40. The Patriots are a different team away from home. All five of their losses this season were on the road. They averaged just under 17 points per game on the road. The Chiefs' defense only allows 18 points a game against them while playing at home. Uh, Belichick is unparalleled as a game planner. Uh, he will do whatever he can to take away Patrick Mahomes' first option. Uh, I do think Pat Mahomes will struggle a little bit. 
Uh, but I like the Chiefs. I think they're just a better overall team. Uh, I think they just have more overall talent. I think the Chiefs uh, narrowly move on. I think they beat the Patriots 31-30, to setting up a Saints-Chiefs matchup in the Super Bowl in Atlanta. Now let's move on to this. The Cowboys should fire Jason Garrett. Jerry Jones has figured out now that there is no correlation between winning and franchise valuation. Let me give you this. In 2002, the Cowboys were valued at $484 million. The most recent Forbes report has the Cowboys valued at just under $5 billion. In that time frame since 2002, they've only won three playoff games, but yet they've increased in value by over $4 billion. They're now the most valuable sports franchise in the world, and they outvalue the New England Patriots, who seem to win the Super Bowl every year, by over a billion dollars. Jerry's realized that as long as his team is somewhat relevant, his franchise is going to make money, and that's why he loves Jason Garrett, and that's why he loves Dak Prescott. Both of these guys are yes-men who will say whatever Jerry wants off the field, but on the field, they keep them just relevant enough to be near playoff contention. Earlier this year, the Cowboys traded their 2019 first-round pick to the Oakland Raiders in exchange for wide receiver Amari Cooper. At the time of the trade, the Cowboys were 3-4. and four. They ended up finishing the season on a 7-2 and two stretch. They finished 10-6. and six. They won the NFC East. And you're thinking, that's a great way to finish the season. They made the playoffs. Obviously, Jason Garrett just needed an offensive weapon to get his team going. But if you really delve into the numbers, if you look at the teams that they beat in that 7-2 and two stretch, they beat the Eagles twice. They ended up finishing 9-7. and seven. They were in the postseason as a wildcard team. But both times they played, Carson Wentz started at quarterback, not Nick Foles. They beat the Atlanta Falcons and the Washington Redskins. They both finished 7-9. and nine. They beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New York Giants. Both of those teams finished 5-11. and 11. The lone impressive win was at home against the Saints. And yeah, they finished 13-3 and three and they won the NFC, but that was the only one. Their two losses came against winning teams, the Titans, who finished 9-7, and seven, and they were actually shut out by the Colts, and they finished 10-6. and six. If you look at it, Jason Garrett would not be hired as an offensive coordinator, much less a head coach, by any one of the other 31 teams in the NFL. He consistently underperforms, and he's now wasting the prime of the best running back in the NFL, Ezekiel Elliott. Elliott leads the league in rushing since 2016, and that's even despite missing six games last year due to suspension. Jerry Jones is obviously content with mediocrity as long as he's making money, and that's exactly what Jason Garrett is. Jason Garrett is the epitome of mediocrity. He does not develop players, and he's shown that he cannot win the big game. The Cowboys will never get past the divisional round of the playoffs as long as Jason Garrett is a head coach. Jason Garrett should be fired, but Jerry will extend him, extend his contract, and the Cowboys will be forced to sit through three more years of that idiot clapping on the sideline. Next, let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles and their possible emerging quarterback controversy between Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. What do you do in this situation? You have a first-round quarterback that you drafted just three years ago in Carson Wentz, He's shown that he's injury-prone, but he also shows that he can win football games. He's extremely talented. He's got a lot of skill. But then you have Nick Foles, who the team seems to play better with. He seems to gel better with Doug Peterson. 
He seems to gel with these wide receivers. The team enjoys playing with him, and he wins postseason games. There's no doubt about it. You can look at stats and say whatever you'd like, but the eye test shows that Nick Foles plays better with this team. So what do you do? Do you try and shop Carson Wentz? Nick Foles is due, I believe, $20 million next year. There is a clause in his contract where he can pay the Eagles $2 million to basically buy himself out of that contract. And I believe if he were to do that, you've got the Jaguars, the Giants, who need a quarterback. You've got two teams that may go after you and sign you to big money. But if I'm the Eagles, I almost debate trying to shop Carson Wentz, trying to see what you can get in return for him, because Nick Foles is only 30 years old. If you remember just a couple years ago with Chip Kelly, he actually broke Tom Brady's record for the best touchdown-to-interception ratio in NFL history. He had 27 touchdowns and just against two interceptions. So it's not like this season is just a fluke or last season was just a fluke. This guy is a very talented quarterback. He's a great teammate, and teams enjoy playing with him. It's kind of an interesting scenario. I will be very interested to see what happens in this offseason. I was talking to a friend just the other day. This is a unique time in the NFL where there are not many teams that need a franchise quarterback. If you look around the league, almost every team has their guy. They either have a set-in-stone guy or someone who they have drafted very early on and they're trying to develop, to develop like the Bills with Josh Allen. You've got the Cardinals with Josh Rosen. You've got the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. Uh, the only question marks you have, as I said earlier, are the Jaguars, who they have Blake Bortles, but you really don't know what's in store for him. I think they either draft somebody or go maybe after Joe Flacco coming from the Ravens. You have the Giants, who say they're going to still stick with Eli Manning, uh, but they've got to look towards the future there. Uh, I don't know that Eli Manning has uh, much tread left on the tires. I think they've either got to draft somebody. Uh, I think that's probably the best option for them, or they could seek somebody in free agency. Uh, really, other than that, there are not many teams. Uh, you could look at maybe the Denver Broncos as maybe needing a quarterback, but they just signed Case Keenum last year. Uh, there's really not many teams that are uh, are really looking for a quarterback, uh, which leads me into my next conversation. Today it was announced Kyler Murray uh, is going to um, enter the NFL draft instead of playing baseball with the Oakland Athletics. He was the ninth overall pick of the Oakland Athletics. Uh, he's choosing to go to the NFL. Uh, I think this is an interesting conversation uh, because if you look at it, the long-term money and the long-term health says to pick baseball. Uh, you you typically have a longer uh, shelf life as a Major League Baseball player. Uh, if you can get to that uh, kind of superstar level, the money uh, is much more lucrative in baseball. Uh, you look at guys like Robinson Cano, uh, Albert Pujols. Uh, soon you'll see Manny Machado this year and Bryce Harper both sign extremely large contracts uh, up to uh, 9, 10 years. Uh, those contracts, I have no doubt, will be in the 250 to $300 million range uh, where guys are going to make $25, $27, 28000000 $28 a year. Uh, so if you look at the major leagues, uh, the money uh, in the long term is more lucrative. But to get there, you've got to go through the minor leagues. You're going to have to, again perform, get to the major leagues, and then 
uh, you're not going to hit arbitration or free agency until you're about 28 or 29. Now, if he's going to go to the major, or go to uh, the NFL draft, he's really uh, to make that kind of lucrative money. Uh, he's really going to get need needed to be drafted in the first round. Uh, if you're drafted in the first round, uh, you will have four years, a four-year contract, and then the team will have a fifth-year option. So, in the short term, the NFL makes more sense because if he's a first-round pick, he'll get a uh, a large first contract, and then if he plays well in those four years, uh, he'll get signed to that fifth-year option. For example, Jameis Winston uh, has now played his first four seasons for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they picked up that fifth-year option. Well, that's a $20 million guaranteed option for this year. So Jameis Winston, playing the 2019 season for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, will make $20 million. So it's an interesting... Um, uh, interesting analysis to go either short term or long term, and uh, I really think it's going to come down to uh, whether he or whether or not he's a first round pick. Uh, I've seen where he's been um, measured at anywhere from five nine to five eleven, and Baker Mayfield last year was the very first quarterback to be under six foot and drafted first overall. He's only five eleven, so you're you're maybe seeing a trend towards shorter quarterbacks uh, coming into the NFL and succeeding, where for the longest time, um, guys smaller like that, Baker Mayfield, Drew Brees, uh, smaller guys have kind of been looked down upon, uh, no pun intended, uh, but that's just that's just not something you see very often. So it'll be very interesting to see. Uh, he, is, um, he is being scouted as a first-round draft pick right now. Uh, I have seen... Uh, projections to for him going to the Giants, actually. Um, so it will be interesting to see. I really think uh, it's going to come down to what uh, what is going to make him happier. Uh, he also does have the option. I think it's going to be easier for him if he uh, picks the NFL, is drafted in the first round. If he does not succeed in the NFL, he can almost pull a Tim Tebow where you can go from the transition from football to baseball is going to be much easier and much more attainable rather than if he were to go to baseball first and then try to come back to the NFL. There's almost no possibility of doing that. If you sit out of, of football for several years, there's I, I don't know that there's really going to be a market for him. Uh, so I, I really think this is an interesting scenario. And he even had requested uh, the Oakland A's if they would have given him a, a $15 million contract, he was going to debate going to the major leagues. And there are, there are rules uh, in the major leagues preventing teams from doing that, from just signing guys uh, to, to a higher salary. The major leagues actually even came out yesterday and said that they would waive that rule uh, in this scenario so that they would, they would allow the A's to, to pay Kyler Murray more money. Um, it would be really interesting. I have not seen him play baseball, but he must be a very, very uh, skilled baseball player for uh, to to attract this kind of of, of hoopla. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see where uh, where he's drafted, what numbers come out, uh, kind of where he measures at the combine. 
Um, again, it'll be very interesting to see if a 5'9 quarterback is drafted in the first round. He's got all the talent in the world. Uh, he's made some just tremendous throws. He was obviously the Heisman winner this year. Uh, so I think it's just a it's just a very interesting uh, scenario you don't often see. Uh, he has the potential to be the first uh, player ever drafted in the first round of the Major League Baseball draft and the NFL football draft. Uh, I think it's a it's a storyline that will follow a lot um, leading up to April in the NFL draft. Uh, just a just a kind of a cool situation. He he seems like a great guy. Uh, I can't wait to follow it. All right, at this point in the show, I'd like to transition away from sports and share just a couple of funny stories with you. If you know me at all, uh, you know that my both my wife and my mother are both teachers. My wife teaches kindergarten, and my mother teaches second grade. And something pretty early on in a relationship with the teacher that you find out is they always have funny stories about their students. For instance, my wife one day came home and told me about one of her students who she had asked the class, what should they not do to a walrus and one child raised his hand and said fart on its teeth which yeah probably something you shouldn't do but also uh, what the hell are you talking about that's kind of weird so I'd like to share two stories of times that looking back on it my teachers definitely went back to their spouse or their family and said what the hell is this kid doing so in fourth grade uh my dad had gotten a new uh like beard trimmer and being the inquisitive child that i am i went into the bathroom and i turned it on and tried to shave my arm hair well when you're in fourth grade and you're what nine years old you probably do not have much arm hair so it really didn't seem like it was working So I'm not sure why, but instinctively, I just ran it across my eyebrows, and I shaved my eyebrows clean off. And I can only imagine what my fourth grade teacher did the next day when she came to school and saw one of her students with no eyebrows. And I would really, I would have loved to hear that conversation with her husband, because I've had some hilarious conversations with my wife about kids and what they've done. But I can't imagine my teacher going home and saying, honey, you will never guess what I walked into this morning. One of my students no longer has eyebrows. Hey. And uh, I didn't live that one down for a while. My dad actually went through a phase uh, where he, uh, did your dad ever do this, where he, he bought a camcorder and for no reason, it would just be like Tuesday afternoon, and he'd just walk around with the camcorder just recording the nothing going on in your house. Well, for like two weeks after I shaved off my eyebrows, my dad would follow me around with the camera to try to get it on camera. That way, it wouldn't just be a funny story, that there would be actual video evidence. And sure enough, uh, one one Saturday morning, I was cooking breakfast, uh and he caught me with uh, no eyebrows and uh, no shirt on cooking eggs. And then the second story, uh, it happened um, maybe my sophomore or junior year of high school, Uh, and I don't know about you, but did you ever go through a phase uh, where you thought it was super cool to just go to the thrift store and buy shirts that you had nothing to do with, like like a random 
uh, elementary school field day and people were like, oh yeah, cool. You were at that field day. And you're like, no, I didn't even go to that school. And you're like, why would, I, I, I'm really not sure why I went through that phase, but so I had bought a, a Taco Bell polo shirt, uh, again, because I, I guess I thought it was cool. Uh, but I can only imagine my teacher seeing that and thinking, oh God, this is so sad. Either this young man is so excited that he works at Taco Bell that he has to wear his Taco Bell shirt to work, or that this poor kid is so poor that this is the only shirt that he has, that he has to wear his Taco Bell polo shirt to school. (sighs) Anyway, uh, I feel like I have uh, maybe developed a... uh, my brain a little bit, uh, and, and moved on, uh, from the shaving of the eyebrows and, uh, sporting Taco Bell apparel. Um, but maybe not. Um, just a quick life update. Uh, today I'm at, uh, 291 days dip free. Uh, March 28th was the last time I've dipped. So that's uh, another big update. Uh, I went for a run last week and I uh, seemed to re-aggravate everything uh, that hurt from my 50K. Uh, so I have not run again since then. I got in three miles, and uh, it was pretty pretty excruciating. Uh, so hoping to uh, run tomorrow. I'm hoping to get in some miles, uh, hopefully anywhere from like three to five. Uh, hope, hopefully my legs won't be too banged up. I've got, um, I've got a half marathon uh, that I'm doing at the end of the month. So really, if need be, uh, I guess I'll just take off uh, as long as I need to. Uh, I'd really like to get out there and run, though. I've been talking with friends uh, that are kind of in the same situation, and it's frustrating. Uh, I spent all weekend uh, just kind of angsty and uh, angry. Uh, that has a little bit to do with the Cowboys losing, but also uh, I haven't been able to get out and run and kind of uh, vent some some anger and frustration out. Um, I'm sure my wife loves uh, having just a ball of rage hanging out at the house. I'm sure that uh, that's that's a lot of fun to to have around. My wife and I we uh, we went to go see a stand-up comedian. Uh, his name was Nate Bragazzi at Stand Up Live here in Huntsville this past weekend. Uh, he's a lot of fun, really funny guy. Um, you can find him. He's got a um, half-hour special on Netflix um, under the stand-ups. Uh, I'd encourage you to check him out. He's a, uh, a clean guy, uh, really funny, just storyteller. Um, we had a lot of fun there. I think that's going to wrap up the life updates. And in turn, I think that's going to wrap up the pod for this week. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Grateful Gator podcast. I want to say thanks again for all the positive feedback that I've received. Uh, we're on episode three. I've, uh, like I said, received a lot of positive feedback. Again, didn't really know what to expect with this. Uh, but glad to uh, to get some positive feedback to see that people are kind of following along. Uh, if you have any feedback, you have anything that you'd like for me to discuss, talk about questions, concerns, please let me know. Uh, either drop me an email at gratefulgatorpod at gmail.com or search Grateful Gator Podcast on Facebook. Find our page there. Like us, follow us, send me a message. Um, the next podcast will likely drop next Monday. Uh, because it's MLK Day, I should have some time to go ahead and knock it out on Monday rather than Tuesday. We'll talk about uh, the results from the AFC Championship game, the NFC Championship game. We'll look forward to the Super Bowl. Uh, We'll cover some college hoops. 
Uh, we'll cover uh, some updates in football recruiting uh, before National Signing Day, the second National Signing Day in February. Um, maybe talk some NBA. Uh, maybe talk some other stuff. Uh, depends on what you guys send in. Thank you guys for listening again. Uh, you can find us again on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Anchor, uh, again on Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, uh, share it with your friends. Go on Apple Podcast, rate us, review us, uh, subscribe. It'll uh, download the new episodes for you, send you push notifications whenever we update. Um, again, thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you have an awesome rest of the week. And until next time, stay grateful. See